and it and reads, reads moreover he said to me son of man eat what you find eat this scroll and go speak to the house of Israel so I opened my mouth and he caused me to eat the scroll and he said to me son of man feed your belly and fill your stomach with the scroll that I give you hallelujah not only found that scripture was good for him he not only found it was good for him but it was good tasting to his soul hallelujah you may be seated in the presence first of all let's pray father god as we come before you lord god thanking you for your many blessings that you have bestowed upon us oh god father god as you rise up and i sat down lord god father we pray lord god that your word will fall on fertile ground on today lord god father you won't leave it into the building but they'll, but they'll take it out, Lord God, out of this building, Lord God, and we'll share this word with people that they come in contact with, Lord God. We thank you for being a mighty God. We thank you for being an awesome God. We thank you for being a loving God. And Father, we give you the glory, the honor, and the praise that's due only to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now you may be seated. <laughs> praise the Lord, praise the Lord. You see in this vision, Ezekiel, Ate God's word and he found it to be sweet tasting to his soul. You see, God gives us what we need in the earth. He gives us exactly what we need in order to live in this earth. Ezekiel was, excuse me, Ezekiel was sending, he was sending Ezekiel to the house of Israel because Israel was a rebellious nation. They was rebelling against the Lord. Hallelujah. And he told him to speak. And he told him, when you go, don't look at their faces. Don't, don't look at they say, because you can look at some people in the face and you be like, oh, well, I don't think I ought to say this today. Or I, don't, I don't think I should do this. And God said, I'm sending you. Don't look at their faces, he said. God chose Ezekiel because Ezekiel was one who was willing to be obedient and do what God had called him to do. He wanted to make sure he was in God's will. The people refused to admit their sins. How many of us refuse to admit our sins? We know we didn't sin. We know we sin. But we refuse. Somebody come to you and they tell you about that sin and you want to refuse. No, no, I didn't do that. And you know without a shadow of a doubt, you really did. The people refused to admit their sin. Even when God pointed them out, when God pointed out their wrongdoings, they still did not acknowledge that. They still didn't want to say, yes, I did. They ignored the truth. Have you, God, spoken to you lately? Have God told you something that you needed to do and you just ignored the voice? Because we all know the voice. That small voice, when that small voice comes, it's always going to tell you positive things to do. Never going to tell you a negative thing to do. So you know that small voice when it comes. Because God is speaking to you and he's telling you the right things to do. And we decide that we're not going to listen to the voice. We're not going to listen. We don't need to be rebellious like the children of Israel. We need to be obedient when God speaks to us. You see, Ezekiel was a man that chose to obey. Life is choice driven. You have a choice to obey God or you have a choice to disobey God. Which will you do? 
Will you choose to obey the God that knows everything about you? Has he spoken to you today? And did you listen? But did you have a desire to change? That's the main thing. Did you have a desire to change when he spoke to you? Ezekiel was a man that chose to obey God. And he followed everything that God told him to do. You know, there's an old saying that people used to say, and they said to their kids, do as I say, not as I do. Now, you know when they're saying what they're really saying. I know I'm doing wrong. I know I'm not doing the right thing. But I don't want you to follow in my footsteps. That is the most craziest thing that I have ever heard. Because we should want everybody to see us walking in the right way. We should want people to see us walking for God, talking for God, and doing the things God has called us to do. We should never tell anybody, don't do as I, I, I do, do as I say. We should never tell anybody that. We should want them to follow and see God in everything that we do. We want to be an example. We want to be an example for others, and especially for our young adults. We as elderly people, we need to be the example because our young people are seeing so much in this world today and they're walking away from the Lord. Old folks are walking away, but young folks, we need to be there for them. We need to get this word rooted and grounded into their spirit, man, so they will know the right things to do, which way to go and what to do. Ezekiel lived what he preached. He lived what he preached. Hallelujah. Are you living? Are you living what you're preaching? Are we living? Not just you. Are we living? We should live our lives so that we are an influence. An influence to everyone that we come in, con to, um, in contact with. We have a choice to live God's way in spite of how you feel or how you think. It's not about how you feel. It's not about how you think. It's not about your surroundings. It's not about how the other person is. It's all about you. This is an individual thing. Yeah. See, I can't answer for you and you can't answer for me. We all have to go to God for ourselves. We have to stand before the master. One day we're all gonna do. We're gonna stand before the master. And he's not gonna ask me, what did my son Ronald do? He's gonna say, what did you do? And I've got to answer for me. I've gotta be ready and I have to have an answer to God so that I know there are consequences when we don't do what God asks us to do. When we are disobedient to the word of God, there are consequences. You see, the word is what's gonna carry us through this life's journey. The word, I say the word, not what I say, the word. The word of God is what's going to carry us through life's journey. And don't you know life's journey is hard? It is hard. But we stay, have to stay on course. We've gotta stay on course. This journey will help us to right, walk uprightly before God. When we are tuned with the Holy Spirit, no one can get you off course. No one can steer you in the wrong direction because you are in tune with the Holy Spirit. As hard as it may be, we have to stay the course and do what God tells us to do.
It is very hard to go to your friends and your family members and tell them something that God has put in your heart, not your words, but what God told you to go and say to them. Sometimes it's so hard for us. But see, this word is God's word. And we have to go and we have to let them know what the word of God says. Even though it may be hard to tell your family members, you still have that obligation to go, as hard as it may be. When we're ready to study God's word, it gets into our spirit man. And we can say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your many blessings. Thank you, Lord, for where you brought us from and where you're taking us to. Yes, you. you see, we just finished celebrating Thanksgiving. Amen. And it always amazes me at this time of the year how when October comes, all the stores start decorating for Christmas. And I'm like, what's going on here? Did we forget a thank you? 11 months have passed, and we have not stopped to say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for 11 months that you watched over us, that you kept us, that you was with us. We go straight into Christmas in October. We start decorating. All the stores have Christmas decorations in October. Where most of the time we think about Thanksgiving, oh, it's what we gonna cook on Thanksgiving Day? Whose house we going over to to have a little fun and sit around the table? We forget about the thank yous that we need to give God. Because you know, Thanksgiving is really building up and leading into the Christmas. It really paves the way for the Savior to be born. So we should be thankful, thanking God all the God, I thank you. God, I thank you how you brought. God, I'm so excited about Christmas coming, Lord God, because we can celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We're building up to that. We're building up to that. Hallelujah. And that is what's so important. Don't overlook Thanksgiving. Thank him every day. That should be a thanks when you lay down at night to thank you, Lord, that you watched over me all day. That should be a thank you when you wake up in the morning. You watched over me as I slumbered and slept. Lord God, I thank you. I thank you. That should always be a thanks. We should never overlook Thanksgiving. Hallelujah. And as the Christmas holiday comes in, I just want to throw this in because this is a time that so many people go into a depression. Some may be grieving the loss of loved ones that have gone on. But there's so many parents go into a depression because maybe they don't have the money to go and buy the gifts that their kids really want. But I want to let you know something. This is not their birthday. Okay? I had to come to grips with that a few years ago. When I stopped to realize that you go out, you get that little credit card, it's so easy to use it. Get that little credit card and put that little credit card in for all these gifts and what have you, and you're paying on that credit card for a whole year. Christmas is almost here again and we're still paying on it. I came to my senses and what I did, I went to my kids. I have a lot of, I have a lot of kids, y'all. They ain't real kids but they are my adopted kids and a lot of grandkids. Oh, a lot of grandkids. And you know, I treat them just like they were my own kids. 
And at Christmas time, I was giving all this money out at Christmas time for all these grandkids. And I said, oh my God, they just breaking me at Christmas time. So I got them all together, all the extended grandkids. And I told them from now on, you guys are gonna get a birthday gift from me at your birthday. Because Christmas is not your birthday. So you look for a good, now you look for a good gift. You gonna get a gift. And it is gonna be on your birthday. It will not be on Christmas Day because that is not your birthday. It's okay to give your kids a gift, but just don't go out. All, they don't need 20 and 30 gifts under the tree. Make sure you get the one that they really want. If you give them that one that they really want, boy, you will be their best friend forever. And you're not broke. You don't go have to pay for it for a whole year. Those are the things that really, Christmas is not all about that. It is about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We have to teach our kids how to be grateful and thankful for what they get. And I remember when my kids were smaller and we left home and they decided they, they were nosy. They wanted to look up and find a gift. And they looked up in the closet and found it was a Tonka toy truck that they found. And I, I found out about it, so I didn't say nothing to them. But on Christmas Day, the Tonka truck wasn't there. And they wanted to know where the Tonka truck went. I said, you know what? Oh, that's the neighbors. Gave that to the neighbors as a gift. So next time, don't look around the house trying to find out what I got. You know? Don't, don't, don't look around the house trying to find out what I got. So I like, okay, the neighbor got a nice gift because y'all was nosy and wanted to find out. Disobedient, you know. Being obedient to God means that we must read his word, meditate on his word, and get it into our spirit. And we must carry the, because you know when we go out, we don't have a Bible with us everywhere we go. So when times come, someone need a prayer, or maybe someone needs you to give them encouraging words. See, the word has to be here. The word has to be in here. Because if I'm out and about, I can't go. And your phone sometimes, a lot of people look at these phones. These phones lately been going crazy. You can't tell when they come on and when they are not. And they dial people when they're not supposed to be. So you can't rely on that phone. It has to be in your spirit, man. You've got to have it here. So when you need it, you can pull it out. You can pull it out. You don't have to have a book. You don't have to pull the book out. You have it embedded in your spirit, man, and you can pull it out when you need it. Being obedient to the word means we will share this word with others. You see, when Ezekiel, when God sent Ezekiel out, he told him not to look at their faces because everyone will not receive obligation to share it an obligation to share what God has given you there's some subjects in the Bible that's not popular a lot of subjects in the Bible that's not popular today as preachers sometimes we overlook those because we don't want to step on anybody's toes or what have you but this is not our word it is the word of God and there should not be anything in this word that we cannot preach about. 
Hallelujah. Because the word is what's going to take you where you got to go. The word is going to heal you. The word is going to keep you in tune with God. Hallelujah. How even though it may be difficult for us to come to you and tell you about difficult problems that are going on in your life and what have you, we still have that obligation to do it. It's hard. It really is hard sometimes to tell somebody about a sin in their life that you know about. Not that somebody told, but you know about to help them. And don't tell them off the top of your head. Please pick the Bible. Up. Now, this is one time you need the Bible. Pick that Bible up. Find that scripture in the Bible. Take them to that scripture and tell them what thus saith the Lord. Not what I say, but this is what the word of God says. They're so apt to receive it because it came from God and it didn't come from you. You see, we have to learn how to obey God and not compromise. You know, Moses started out obeying God. You can turn with me to Numbers 20 and 7. He started out obeying God, but then Moses decided he got upset with the people. So now I'm going to do this my way. And I'm not fixing to do, I'm not going to obey God. I'm going to do it my way. And it says, then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, take a rod, you and your brother Aaron, gather the congregation together. Speak to the rock before their eyes and it will yield its water. Thus, you shall bring water, forth water for them out of the rock and give drink to the congregation and their animals. So Moses took the rod before the Lord as he commanded him. And Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly together before the rock. And he said to them, Hear now, ye rebels, must we bring water for you out of this rock? Then Moses lifted his hand and struck the rock twice with his rod and water came out abundantly. And the congregation and their animals drank. Then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, because you did not believe me to hollow me in the eyes of the children of Israel, therefore you will not bring this assembly into the land which I have given you. You see what happened? Moses didn't trust God. Decided he didn't trust that I can just speak to this rock and water's just going to flow from it. So he decided, I'm going to do it my way. So what it looked like when he struck the rock, it looked like Moses brought forth water out of the rock. God didn't get no glory out of that. It should have been God getting the glory when they saw that water began to come out of a rock, a stone that was there. And all of a sudden, water is just pouring out of this stone. But Moses got the credit. Moses got the credit for it and not God. In the book of Jonah, the Lord sent Jonah to Nineveh, told Jonah to go down to Nineveh. He wanted him to go and preach to the people of Nineveh. And Jonah decided, I ain't going. I'm finna go over here to Tarsus and uh, I'm gonna get on this ship. He got on the ship. And as he was on the ship, you know, God caused a storm to come. That ship began to just 
twist and turn, make the boat. And Jonah was downstairs in the boat sleeping. And here's all these men aboard not understanding what's going on here, what's happening. So they began to wonder, and they went down and talked to Jonah. Jonah's down in the boat sleeping. And they asked him, and he told them. But they didn't want to throw Jonah overboard. They, he told them, throw, throw me overboard. Jonah, they didn't want to throw him overboard. They were trying their best not to. But you know, when it comes down to it, your life and somebody that's sinning against God, Okay, are we going to throw you overboard? Yes, we are. We're fixing to throw you right on overboard. And you know God had that big old fish sitting there waiting for him. That is not what Jonah expected. And while he was in that fish's belly, don't you know he came to his senses? You know when we do the wrong thing and we disobey God, he will bring us back to our senses. Hallelujah. Yes, he will. He will get your attention. When you least expect it, God will get your attention. Because he is determined you will do what I say or you will suffer the consequences. Hallelujah. You will suffer the consequences. Do you not know when we disobey, sometimes it causes others to suffer? See, that's what was happening on that boat. All of those people could have been killed on that boat. All because of Jonah, disobedience, not wanting to obey God, not hearing the voice of God. He heard him, but he didn't hear him. He wanted to do what he wanted to do. Oh, I'm not going, I'm not going to preach to them. How many times have you said to somebody that you know that's a sinner and you know they're not living the right way and you decide to just go on and you decide never to talk to them, never open your mouth about the Lord to them. See, that's our obligation. We are obligated. The Lord said, go out, seek and save the lost. We have an obligation to talk to people who do not know the Lord. I don't care how hard it may be for you. You have an obligation to do that. Somebody talked to us one day. We didn't just get here by sight, you know, by accident. Somebody gave us a message that really hit our heart. And it caused us to want to be saved. It caused us to want to seek the Lord and to know what the word of God had to say. And that's what we have to do. We have to go out and we have to preach this word, no matter how hard it may be. We have to be obedient. I want you to know that when we do things according to the word, God will come through for us if we choose to obey. But if we choose to disobey, we fall in the hands of an angry God, of an angry God. And no one wants to fall in the hands of an angry God. You see, we serve an awesome God because he is our help in times of trouble. He is our joy in sorrow. He is our hope that there is a tomorrow. He is the bright and morning star. He's the lily of the valley. He's the alpha and the omega. He is the beginning and the end. Hallelujah. If you know all of that about him, if you know all of that about him, why do you not think that he sees and knows everything that we are doing all the time? 
See, he told us to obey his word. He told us to love one another. He told us to forgive one another. And he wants us to stay, to say, but he wants us to make sure that we're giving this word to others that we come in contact with. Yes, he does. I just said, he is an all-knowing, all-seeing God. And see, some of us want to say, oh, well, you don't know. You don't understand. You don't know how bad they hurt me. You don't know what they did to me. God knows. He knows everything. So he still tells you to go to that person. See, you still have to go. And you still have to talk to that person. And you still have to love that person. And I didn't say beat them across the head when you go to them. It's not about beating them across the head. It's about sharing what God has given you. Sharing this word, what God has given you. See, there was a couple in the Bible. A couple in the Bible that decided that they wanted to lie to the Holy Spirit. They had land, and the land belonged to them. And they decided that they were going to sell, like everybody else, they're going to sell, and they're going to help the poor. But when that time came, and they sold that land, and they saw that money, how much it was, how sometimes we do, we get an abundance, and we say, oh, I can't give God that. Ooh, that's a little bit too much. I'm going to give him some. But I ain't going to give him that whole tent. I'm just going to give him a little bit of it. And see, they decided they were going to sell. So when Peter came in and asked Ananias, did you sell the land for the... Yes, that's what I sold it for. Hmm. And he fell over dead. Then here come the wife. Y'all know it ain't good to agree with somebody in the lie. She came in the room. Asked that same question. Peter said, why have you agreed to lie to the Holy Spirit? Why have you agreed with your husband? Let me tell y'all something. There ain't nobody in this world that I'm a lie for that's going to help me miss heaven because of a lie. Nobody. If I do, I'm going to miss it because of me. I'm not going to miss it because of anybody else. They agreed together. A husband and a wife thing agreed together that they was going to lie to the Holy Spirit about the land was theirs. All they had to do was walk in the room and say, yes, Peter, I sold the land for this. But I decided that I needed to keep a little bit back for myself. That wasn't a lie. That's what you wanted to do. But I did tell the truth. But they lied. Oh, yes, that's what I sold it for and kept it back. And God was not pleased. God is not pleased when we lie to the Holy Spirit. God is not pleased. Like I said, it belonged to them. They had the opportunity to keep it if they were just obedient. See, we don't want to run this race and get disqualified in the end. We want to run this race with diligence, and we want to make sure the Lord says, well done thy good and faithful servant. Young people, I want to say to y'all, don't follow the crowd. Be your own self. Be your own self. Don't follow the crowd. 
you know, because the crowd would get you into nothing but trouble. And I think I shared one year with when I followed the crowd in high school. I was never one to follow the crowd. I've been old my whole life. I was, I don't think I ever been really young, but I followed, didn't follow the crowd. And this time, a whole group of us was skipping school. I decided to skip school with them. And you know, my mama didn't even whip me. That's what astonished me. My mom, she didn't even whip me. She just said when I got home, oh, so you skipped school today? And I said, yes, ma'am. And that was it. The next day I went to school. That gym teacher took me. She had one of them long, y'all, let me tell y'all, this was a two inch thick, and it fit her hand just perfectly. And she laid all of us across that bench and wore our behinds out. And I said, it wasn't the whipping that she gave me, but it was that I hurt my mom so much that I never, ever skipped school again. And I never followed the crowd. And in every card that I give young folks, I always say, do not follow the crowd. Whatever you do, have your own mind and do not follow the crowd, whatever you do. So young folks, please, whatever you do. Older people like me, we need to be that example for our young folks. They need us today. They really need us today. We ought to be the ones that they're coming to. And my heart has always been for young folks. Young folks, my kids will all tell you, I don't really have, really and truly, I, I don't think I have no friends my age. All my friends is down below me, younger than I am. I mean, friends close to mine, but I don't have no friends that is, no, I take that back, Miss V. Miss V is older than I am. Miss, Miss Valerice uh, is older than I am. And she is my good friend. But I just thank God for um, giving me a spirit to deal with young folks my whole life and always having young folks in my home and bringing young folks into my home. And we just celebrated a, a, a 30th anniversary of a young adopted, uh, like I say, oh, I got so many adopted kids, was uh, married for 30 years, went to Atlanta last weekend, and it was such a blessing just to be in the midst. And I didn't know that I was the mother that was going to be honored. You know, he, his mother had passed, but he had an adopted mother, because he was a foster kid, that had raised him. And so he honored his foster mother, he honored his wife's mother, and he honored me as his mother. And that gave me such joy to know that I am reaching young folks, that I can still inspire them to go the distance and to do what God has called them to do. So we as older people, that's our job. Help these young folks. Don't talk about them. Don't beat them across the head inspire them to run this race and to run this race with diligence, okay? Everybody, all the young folks that I met, I met at the Eglin Post Office, standing at the post office, and the young man did share with, uh, with everybody at the party. He said, you know what? He said, I met her at the counter at the post office, and she said, where are you going for Thanksgiving? And he said, no, I'm, I'm going to just stay with my troops. My, my troops, I'm going to let my troops off, and I'm going to stay, and I'm going to work. He said, and on Thanksgiving Day, he had a knock at his dorm door. Now, I don't even remember this. 
But yeah, he said he had a knock on the door, dorm door, and he said, gentlemen, uh, uh, said, this is Ralph. And he said, Marva sent me for you, and I can't go home without you. And I said, <laughs> I mean, that was just, I, it, he brought to my attention, I didn't real, remember that story and what have you, but that was me. Every holiday, my house was filled with young airmen in my home. And today, my house is still filled with young folks in my home. At the holiday season, that's what it's all about, sharing what God has given us, sharing what, where God has brought us from, and letting them know I haven't always been where I am today. I was out just like everybody else. I sinned like everybody else, but God one day picked me up, turned my life around, and now I'm walking for him. So that's what we have to do. That's, that's what we have to do. Instill that love into our young folks. Instill that love so that when they grow up, maybe they will do the same thing. Find somebody that they can share with. Hallelujah, that they can share with, that they can give a word from the Lord. Let us go back to our scripture text. It said, Ezekiel not only read his word, he meditated on his word. He allowed this word to get into his spirit, and it made him stronger in his faith. And he had great wisdom. See, this word will give you wisdom if you get into it, if you study it. We need to grow spiritually as we do physical. See, we work on these physical bodies. I know Major go to the gym almost every day. Works on that physical body. But you know what? We need to work on the spirit man. We need to read and we need to study and we need to meditate on that word each and every day so that we get it down into our spirit man and that we be obedient to the word of God. We be obedient to the word of God. The word of God says my people perish because of lack of knowledge. And the only way you can get that knowledge is through the word of God. We've got to read it and we've got to get it deep in our spirit man. Hallelujah. Take that word everywhere you go and be like Ezekiel, a man who obeyed God. When you get the word into your spirit man, you will be stronger in your faith. We can't give God's word a glance. Don't just give it a glance. I know sometimes we get tired. Sometimes we on the run so much but we've got to take the time to sit down and meditate on that word and get it into our spirit, man, so that when we need it, we can pull it out and we can share it with God, with, with others, I mean. Let's remember, obedience is better than sacrifice. All heads bowed, all eyes closed. Hallelujah. 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 At this time, we have some appeals.